But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. Power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-wing. And we're all out of X-wing, so welcome to the all power converters episode. Woohoo! Alternate current to direct current. That's how I like my power converted. Indeed. Unfortunately, that was a lie. We still have no power converters. Please, please oh, stick man. around and listen to us talk about X-Wing. <laughs> uh, I don't know if me disconnecting would, f- would mess up the recording. Otherwise, I'd disconnect and reconnect. <laughs> it's a joke, but I don't know if that would mess up Craig, so I'll stay. <laughs> For that, I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. And I'm Alex Smittle. And we are all still uh, working from home, playing some Among Us, playing some Squadrons, and maybe a couple games of X-Wing here and there. Uh, life has been pretty repetitive for the last couple weeks for us. It's a... Uh... Yeah, man. It's getting old. Man, Squadrons has been a nice change of pace. It has. It it has. I, I'm the only person on the planet who hasn't picked it up yet. I'm waiting until the end of the month when the hype dies down a little, but it sounds amazing. It's so much fun, man. I say you should pick it up as soon as possible. I'm Dang, looking forward to it. Indeed. Like... Yeah, like there haven't been any server issues not, or anything. Not a it's actually it's run really smooth. I'm actually pretty surprised. That's a pretty good rollout for EA. No, no issues whatsoever. Like the game, there's some little, but like there's some some quality of life stuff in the menus. But as far as the gameplay goes, it's perfect. That sounds wonderful, and I've been hearing nothing but good things about the single player campaign again as well. So, you know, hey, I'm, I'm stuck. That's why <laughs> I'm stuck in the first Titan Interceptor mission because I'm bad at flying ships that aren't super tanky. <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm, a Matt, I'm Matt Newton squadrons. I play mostly. <laughs> I play mostly Y wings. I'm the ace now. <laughs> uh, on that, uh, it's worth noting that this actually makes our 25th episode. So, uh, oh snap! I think we are officially leveled up from amateur chicanery to professional shenanigans now. But speak. That's that's still pretty debatable. I think. Uh, I'd say it's pretty maybe professional chicanery. Maybe. I think that's it. There yeah. we go. Chicanerous <laughs> and deceitful. <laughs> So other than our video game uh, lifestyle that's been pretty much all we can do while confined at home, has anything else been going on, guys? Uh, I've had a lot of Obi-Wans get one shot in a Renegades tournament. Right. Doug and I are in the uh, Corona Renegades tournament. Uh, what's your standing right now, Doug? I am one and two, oh. because in the, in the first two games, Obi-Wan got shot at two times. And died both times. Yikes! That is uh, that is rough. I am uh, luckily somehow two and one, and uh, we are kind of playing out of type lists for both of us for this. I guess. Uh, what are you running in this, Doug? Uh, mine's an ace list. It's uh, it's a lat with seven fleet gunner, uh, Obi Wan with CLT, Ahsoka with CLT, and naked Anakin in the Naboo. The Paul Heaver special. Right. Yeah. So the one that I mistyped as Beaver Republic in Yasby, and that's been its name so far for me. Uh, how how's it seem to run? I mean, we hadn't really seen the lats make a huge impact on the scene at Crate. How's it working out for you? Uh, well, like I said, the first two games, like, uh, zero exaggeration. Obi-Wan took two shots, one shot in each game, and died to both shots. Uh, I so, can I watched. Yeah, those weren't great indicators of the list. Uh, the third round, I played against a triple arc list, and uh, it performed well, but, you know, three medium-based ships, I had an easy time lighting up bullseyes, and, uh, I mean, if you can get all your guns on target with 7-Fleet Gunner on NCLTs, you can burn through stuff really quick. Yes, uh, I, I definitely think the 7-Fleet Gunner lat pulls its weight. It's just finding the right pieces with it. Okay. Uh, I've been running a pseudo-AC list uh, with 5th Brother, 7th Sister, 
and three Saber Squadron Interceptors with marksmanship because I didn't know what to do with seven points of a bid. Can I ask why you did marksmanship instead of Deadeye Shot? Uh, honestly, because I know marksmanship and I don't know Deadeye Shot. And with only single mods on the ships, I felt like I was going to be taking a focus most times. And I would rather, you know, I, it didn't seem like that much efficiency. I'll try it out in uh, practice, but I thought marksmanship for a point was at least a known quantity for me. Okay. so. Uh, just uh, as an obviously it's too late now, but as an argument, I think that I shot is better, and it's you never spend the eye or the hit. I mean, like, if you don't have a focus and you roll an eye, that's fine. Yeah, but it, uh, it's like it's it's purely to spend the crits to change them to hits mm -hmm. because that's just a free flip a card face. Right, and I was figuring the odds of that. The odds of turning a hit into a crit are three eighths of a time. The odds of turning a crit into a hit are one eighth time so i figured marksmanship would just trigger more and it right it has but right. never catastrophically for me in my favor uh i say the, and we've discussed this a lot though that changing hits to crits doesn't actually increase damage it, it, like, no, it, it doesn't. and situationally but it is not a a guaranteed quantity by any whereas what I, not losing a damage to flip a card you face up is is just bonus indeed i think it's also that just from my anecdotal experience people are familiar with marksmanship and crits scare people they shouldn't but they do so i've actually had opponents foregoing mods to barrel roll or boost out of bullseye and just some ships are crippled by crits and right like, a fang it, fighter crippled by a lot of crits yeah but yeah. it would still 100 be right to have a defensive mod over barrel rolling and ironically you know how we've talked about how i i tend to be the tanky ship player and i'll take shots to give shots it's been really fun playing dodgy ships being able to have my little interceptors take a barrage of fire and all in all take a total of maybe two damage in a turn, I kind of like that. That's nice instead of taking eight damage on my B-Wings. Yeah, like... I do think... No, oh, sorry. So that's why people like aces. Is it's fun to move... to see where everyone is in the double reposition out of arc. That feels good. <laughs> like, that's why people play yeah. aces. Except that and I think sabers are in a pretty good spot, both in hyperspace and extended. <laughs> Uh, being I four is actually really important for the first time in second edition, and uh, like for thirty six points, you get essentially assumed to your fell against everything lower initiative than you, and uh, you're not investing a ton of money against things moving after you. My other thought was taking a four point bid. I thought, okay, that's going to be okay if anybody else brings middling stuff. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of Nantexes in a hyperspace tournament. There are quite a few Nantex lists in this hyperspace tournament. As yeah, like uh, this one feels a little more casual oriented, so I'm not surprised there's not a ton of quiet or six Nantex. But like for Mustafar, if my goal was to go and try to win, I would bring six Nantex. Absolutely. Still. Yeah, like I, intimidation seems like a good choice in hyperspace. Right, um, and so like the big thing people are quote worried about is you lose crack shot, but the loss in offense from losing crack shot, I don't think nearly adds up to the loss in every other faction's ability to compete against Nantex. Yeah. Very true. Very true. <laughs> And like so, like intimidation is in hyperspace, and it feels like a pretty good replacement for crackshot. It's obviously way worse, but as far as yeah, hyperspace can, talents go, like intimidation, you can also do weird shenanigans with like treacherous. True, mm -hmm. treacherous. Yeah, there, there's a lot of interesting uh, options there. Uh, I'm also still in the militant casuals tournament at three and one currently with my fifth round. Match Do they coming keep up this adding weekend. rounds to that tournament? They they added another round because they didn't expect there to be this many people in it. So I have my fifth round playing for the cut. How many people were playing at the beginning? Uh, twenty eight. 
but they knew how many people were playing at the beginning. So why didn't they just start with the appropriate number of rounds? They 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 would have. They just didn't change the uh, the event document, which I understand. They were they were they, they were, were hardcore casual, casual about that's it, true. so they didn't bother. That's with indeed. Uh, I I can't complain. I've had some pretty good opponents, and my opponent this weekend is actually from the town I was born in. So that's going to be a fun little bit of nostalgia playing this weekend. Uh, Adam, in advance, I'm very sorry for what's about to happen in our game. My, all my games have been completely dice variance based. It's just gone in my favor because I'm rolling a lot more dice. That's the beauty of a swarm, man. Again, you know, how am I doing well with swarms and aces, the two things I never play? I mean, that's kind of swarms deal, though, is they kind of have to they lean into variance. They reduce variance by throwing more dice as opposed to insane dice mods. The fact that I've been doing well with Imperials and Separatists has made me feel kind of dirty, but it's also it's also opened my eyes and got myself out of my own head a little, got out of my self-imposed restrictions, and I think it's improving me as a player. So much thanks to both the Militant Casuals and the Corona Renegades for putting these tournaments on. You're making me a better X-Wing player. Speaking of tournaments, we did have a uh, uh, crate is in the bag with Fon Langalon of the Netherlands. Man, that is fun to say. Uh, winning again, he won Conquer Dawn with the same six Nantex list, going a total of 16 and 0. He is an undefeated route. That doesn't feel right. Oh, it, Cor- uh, never mind. Conquer Dawn had way fewer rounds. That's right. It, yeah. So he uh, <laughs> he's been just on a tear with that list. It's kind of proving that it's a good list but in the hands of a really good player is where it shines that's the thing crate had a number of nantex lists not make the cut pretty much he should be he should be 21 or no he should be yes had had he had more Uh, games no like that's 21 games for uh crate and conquer dawn what was conquer dawn was like four was five rounds no it, it was six rounds and then just a cut to 16 instead of six rounds cut to 32 Ah, I thought it was five rounds get to 16. I did my math wrong then. But either way, he, he played a lot of games. He was undefeated with it. Uh, Fawn is an amazing player with any list that I've seen. Time. Yeah, and it's it's very obvious that when you have a great list in the hands of a good player, it's going to be pretty dominant. So I would actually say he's the odds-on favorite for Coruscant right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't really disagree. Yeah. He's, he's won two of the qualifying <laughs> yeah. events. Does that mean you get standard twice? No, it's, they 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 filled it down. So thirty third place at Crate got Fonz in. Like, yeah, yeah. Anytime anybody who's already qualified, like Matt Carey's qualified yeah, three I, times. I, so I think they. Two I think he said out. like six or seven invites trickled down from Crate. So yeah. that's been pretty impressive. Uh, we saw a lot more variance in the cut at Crate. Not us personally, because we finished at a combined five and seven. Uh, you both went two and two, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I did one and three. I got a win in a in a qualifier, so I'm I'm feeling a little better about that. I uh, man, I can barely even remember what I played. Oh no, that's right. I was playing the uh, late Nash era with the four chemos, and that's another example of kind of charging in on an idea, testing it out, and it's a good list. But I was outflown. That's how it goes sometimes. I hit Dan Peterson with with Gory Fenn. So uh, my gory was really sad. So that was an instant automatic loss. <laughs> so Dan, uh, for those of you who haven't seen uh, his stream game from the tournament, Dan Peterson, the Midwest scrub himself, probably one of the best Fenguri players that I've ever seen. He has committed to that list since it came out. And the, the, dude yeah, loves gory. Dude, dude, loves, dude gory. loves gory. You've got to have ice water in your veins to fly that list. There is no room for error, and he flies it without much error at all. 
his bid was 16 points cheaper than mine, and I had a nine-point bid. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's also a, a big deal. I believe his favorite part about that list is that every game is done in 20 minutes, whether he wins or loses. <laughs> that is very true, very true. Uh, I did like seeing the, the diversity at Crate, though. People are either branching out, trying to figure out what beats the uh, Nantex Boogeyman, or just plain ignoring it. That's I kind of a good attitude to have. That's pretty good. There are a lot of NIMs there, mm-hmm. which is pretty insane. Like, NIM went from nowhere to, like, 10 NIMs in that tournament, which was... I guess everyone had the same idea as me. It's like, yeet concussion bombs at people and see what happens. How'd that work out for you? Did uh, did the yeeting work? Oh, yeah. NIM was actually really great. Um, the problem was, when I won... The two games I won, Constable Zuvia rolled nothing but paint. And the two games I'm lost, he rolled a blank or two. So really, the problem was Constable Zuvia was a point. He's the linchpin of your list. He clearly was. Also, like those prox mines are insane. Mm-hmm. I really like the list. I played again. I just um, got oh hit the hardest counter in Dan, and then my last round was really frustrating, so I dropped. Understandable, understandable. Uh, we did see a lot of different lists at Crate, and we kind of decided what, what was our favorite one that each of us saw there. Uh, Doug, why don't you go first here? Um, I would say that, uh, Lukash, who's another, you know, well-known, does well frequently in Europe. Uh, he ran a Han Leia list, which it's, uh, it's just the fattest of fat Hans. Uh, it's with Trick Shot, R2-D2, Kanan, Hull Upgrade, Shield Upgrade, and Millennium Falcon title. And then a Naked Leia. And, uh, he made it all the way into the top eight with that, which, uh, obviously my father would be very happy to see it. Uh, I just, I, I found it fascinating that it made it that deep. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't believe it myself until I saw who was flying it. Yeah, like I, I can definitely see it being a case of uh, the pilot, not the list. But either way, pretty cool. Yeah, I, I also picked another two-ship super fat list that Octor Khan ran. Uh, Bosk with Crackshot, Forlom, Zuckus, Greedo, Deadman Switch, and Electronic Baffle. The old-school party bus making a return there. And then Boba Fett with... A very an unusual Boba Fett build: Lone Wolf, Perceptive Copilot, Proximity Mines, Contraband Cybernetics, Hull Upgrade, Marauder, and Han Solo Gunner. This is the this is the original points value mm-hmm. Boba build. Yeah, but, and I didn't write down how many points that Boba was. I think around a. I want to say like one twenty-seven. Yeah, it was an insanely expensive Boba, and I think oh, we that saw is... how good it was back at the beginning of Second Edition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it's just, really solid. It, it, it's really solid, and uh, I love seeing Bosk make the cut. That's just, I, I've always loved the YV6, and that's a a neat list flown by a great player. Alex, what's your pick? Uh, so I like Fawn's list, six Nantex. I think that was pretty creative. Get um, off the podcast, you're fired. Six of one ship is pretty cool. But it's uh, a 128-point OFX, to clarify. But it's serious. Uh, Ian Becker flew something we talked about before, which was the Warthog Swarm. He flew Warthog with Clone Commander Cody, uh, I two Arc, and four Gold Squadron Trooper Torrents. Which, like we talked about, this might replace the Sinker Swarm. Mm-hmm. He he made the cut with it. I didn't see how. I don't remember how DB went because I closed that tab. But he made the cut with it with the the new version of the the Republic Swarm, and that's pretty exciting. Hmm. How much is Sinker now after the uh, last points upgrade? Uh, he's the exact same cost as Warthog base. Okay. So like you, you the the original like the other the one oh fourth is a difference. You don't often see the second arc. You usually see something like broadside or a Jedi Knight or something. But well, actually, I, I was looking if you if you sub out the Warthog for Sinker, that was my version of the Sinker Swarm that I used to fly. So true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't own that many Warthog and Sinker are the same. Mm-hmm. So you can just swap them out whenever you want. And uh, it's just it's it was interesting to see. It was good to see that the Republic Swarm had some success. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we saw a lot of lot of good chips there, and we're gonna see one more coming uh, in a couple months. We got the preview for the Eta Two Actus Starfighter for the Republic faction, and I am tentatively hyped for this. It started out uh, not really thrilling me, but I kind of like what I'm seeing. It's a simple uh, two attack, three agility, three hull stat line, no shields, but it's got a three die bullseye, similar to the Nantex, but just with a two die regular arc. And all the pilots for this have at least two force. That's going to definitely affect its pricing. It's got an interceptor type dial with purple talon rolls, the chassis ability of intuitive controls that says during the system phase, you may perform a purple boost or barrel roll action. Uh, how good is this, guys? It's fine. <laughs> um, I'm a... Uh... I'm not as hyped about the Ada as most people are. I think it's a fine ship. It just feels extremely close to a CLT Jedi to me, uh, which means it it feels like it it feels like it's just already in the faction. Okay. Yeah, like they they'll probably end up being a hair cheaper than the CLT Jedi for that reason, because they are like technically worse because two dice plus focus is better than three dice. Right, and they're missing a shield, yeah. which is a big deal. Um, so yeah, like. Uh, if they fall in cheaper, then they'll probably be fine. But and like the the pilots are all pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah, like Ayla being another I five, giving them another I five ace is pretty yeah pretty good. I so I mean the biggest standout difference between them is the um, the differences in the ship chassis abilities. Like one is a a pre movement and one is a post movement. Um, because it's in the system phase, it's. I don't think it's actually very strong, and I, I think it's a good thing that's in the system phase, yeah, I want to clarify. Yeah. I, I wish every single pre-movement thing was a system phase ability. Um, but because of that, it doesn't scale with initiative or anything, so I think the higher initiative ships, you'd actually rather have a CLT than an ADA, uh, especially given that the, the CLT has an extra shield and is technically better on offense. Um, with intuitive controls taking place in the system phase, it would almost seem like sense would be an auto include with an Edo list. Yeah, sense would be yeah, really yeah, I think so. Them. Mm -hmm. uh, but sense is in hyperspace, so oh, true, true, yeah, very true. Okay, uh, looking at the pilots, we do have uh, one generic pilot, the Jedi General at initiative four, that has two force. This is this, the first uh, generic pilot we've seen with two force. Alex, what do you what think about me, this? This is what made me text Doug when I read the article and said, you know, I'm kind of, I kind of wish Republic didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want multiple force generics. I don't want single force generics. I don't want yeah. force to be spammable. Being able to spam two force ships is pretty bonkers. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously cost depending. But if they're cheap enough where you can fit five of them, that feels like a problem. Uh, yeah, I, don't I don't think, think they no. will be. Um, so, like, a Jedi Knight with CLT is 39 points, yeah. and the Jedi General has an initiative over it and an extra force for a shield. Uh, the worst so offense. In the... I'm going to guess they come in at 41. Uh, yeah, I mean, worse offense. And worse chassis ability. But, but... Yeah. I think it's pretty comparable. Like, in middling initiative, I think that's they're fair. about middling, the same chassis ability-wise. That's fair. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not... I hope they cost at least 41, but I'm... Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. Not, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if they start at forty-one at least, so that we don't get a Nantex two point from these guys. That's what I'm. That's what I'm worried right. about. For. Yeah, that, worried about force Nantex. Oh <laughs> god, yeah. That, that's the first thing that I thought of. I thought of comparing them to the Nantex, and these could be again all based on points. Uh, I would. Yeah, I would like to see them above forty points because more than four of these in a list would seem kind of oppressive. And that's that's my thing. Like, if they're forty-one and they never drop below that, then they're probably fine. I probably yeah. don't have an issue. But yeah. if you can fit five, I'm gonna have an issue. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Then we've got at yeah. 
That's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> At initiative three, we've got Yoda uh, with three force and his ability when a friendly ship at range zero to three spends a force, you can spend a force and they recover the force they just spent. Functionally, this kind of makes him Emperor Palpatine. Like Rebel or Imperial uh, Emperor Palpatine? Yeah, the, the crew. Where the, the can he's worse. Yoda's. I mean, it's a little different. Yoda can that force can be spent for anything instead of just yeah. the generic force. Yeah. Yeah. But, they, but also, it has it. to be on a ship with force. Right. Whereas Palpatine just anybody. gives somebody a force token. Essentially, so the idea that any force user can use Yoda as a force battery effectively is an interesting. Uh, just it it kind of takes his crew ability and magnifies it a little, which seems to be what they do with uh, pilots who are crew and pilots. Uh, I think right. the three force is really going to be the. Uh, the, the point you bring him for, it, again, will depend on points. But Initiative 3 is a really weird spot to be at with 3-Force. I mean, 3-Force is good, regardless of yeah, your initiative. Yeah, I won with 3-Force is um, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so like, kill. The biggest thing is he'll compete with, like, CLT Ahsoka in terms of or price. Anna, like, or Anakin and Anna or Anna won. That yeah. Um, yeah, both of which. Yeah, I mean... A lot of this is just going to come down to what is the pricing on C- on Ada 2s. Yeah. Like, are they a step cheaper than CLT Jedi? In which case, you're going to bring them all the time. If they're if it's a very like muddy price range, it's just going to depend on what you want. Do you want more consistent offense, or do you want the pilot abilities of these guys? Because uh, pretty much by and large, all of the Adas have better pilot abilities yeah, than uh, straight yes, than uh, the Aether sprites. Yep. Which moves us on to uh, Shock T at Initiative Four, Two Force who has the ability to spend one force in the end phase to let friendly ships at range 0 to 2 keep their force or evade. One force or evade token. Focus or evade. Focus or evade, that's what I mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, when do you recover a force? Is it during uh, the end phase or... Planning phase? I believe it's during the end phase. So, do you recover it before she I'm spends it? Up. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Yeah, because that's interesting, because if if I'm takes... almost certain that they didn't decide it, that you could spend a force and then get it immediately back. Right, that seems really powerful, that you treat her as if she has one force and Moldy Crow, effectively. Yeah, well, so the question is actually is, because either way it's pretty good, because either you can spend your last force and then immediately get it back, or you can get a force back when you're at zero and then immediately spend it to do that. Right. And either way has uses, but... During the end phase, thanks. Yeah. So it, it's the weird, we kind of got to rely on the community rules to determine... Which, the community rules in general have stated that um, all sorts of, like, everything that recharges happens is the very last thing. Because, okay. um, so, like, I know there were weird interactions with, like, Quick Draw with Baffle and things like right. that, and whether he had the token or not. But okay. assuming Shakti has to spend the Force before recovering it, um, she'll synergize pretty well with, like, the Patience talent that's coming mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, in our it's over, a really good yeah, overpowered and undercosted crew suddenly becomes a pilot. Ayla Secura, another initiative five, two force, and her ability is that when an enemy in your arc at zero to one attacks, the defender can change a blank to a focus. This doesn't require you to spend a force. Ayla again yeah, does not require a force. Freaking bonkers. Really so Ayla Ayla crew requires bullseye. Yeah. yeah. Uh which severely limits the use of the ability and you're mostly bringing it for the focus link to reinforce uh, this is just uh, taking us to coordinate there you go. sorry thank you uh-huh. focus to coordinate. Um, she's got some scrub like plo Koon. yeah but this is on a super agile fast ship 
at I five. I five is the big thing, like yeah, like you can. Oh man, that's so good. Like she's gonna make Jedi so tanky because yeah, you're moving yeah, to Initiative I, five. You've got super repositions. Her ability aside, she's still an I five Jedi. At we do the yeah. ability, like she's gonna. But then her abilities amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's gonna be amazing in any list. Like, like a way to think of this is that Ayla, if Ayla is a range one and has arc on the attacker, you essentially give whatever they're attacking the Concord Dawn title as long as they have a focus. Yeah. Like, which is it's a lot of words, but not very difficult to achieve. Yeah, yeah actually, it's a little different because it actually effectively gives them reinforce because. You're going to be flying. Well, I mean, the Concord Dawn Dawn title, title is just right, but no, yeah. the defender doesn't have to be at range zero to one. No, but he, yeah, he, I know. He, I said it, I said if Ayla is. Oh, okay. So yeah. the point is, is that you're adding as long as they have a focus, okay. you're adding an right. evade result. Okay, so there, yeah, that's Defensive that's going to be really good. Oh, uh-huh. I think we're going to see Ayla being almost like this is a this is a card you build lists around. You don't have to though. She'll just slot into any list. Yeah, I think the bigger thing is you can just like she is of all the Adas, she's the one you just slap in a list and go. This is yeah, fine. And she's, she's gonna she's, be the, she's the Obi Wan of Adas, yeah, whereas like Delta Seven Obi Wan just fit into anything. Like of the I Five Republic, I Five Plus Proquet, she's probably gonna be the cheapest one. Um, not counting Rick, but right. but so she should uh, she should fit into any like between yeah. Anakin Obi Plo. I think you forget Oddball, good sir. Okay, yeah, I forgot Oddball. Not gonna lie, <laughs> but of real ships, no one's, gonna, no one's gonna hold that against you. Of force using, yeah, of the actual uh, Republic aces, she's likely to be the cheapest. Yeah, they'll I'd make her the cheapest Oddball. for some reason. Although I don't know with how good her ability is, she might end up being more expensive than like Ada Obi Wan. That's right. I forgot about Ada Obi Wan. Although Ada Obi Wan also has a good ability. He does indeed. Well, it's Ada Obi Wan's ability actually works hand in hand with Ada Anakin. Uh, they are, as usual, Obi-Wan is I-5, Anakin is I-6, and their abilities are very similar. Obi-Wan says, if you or a friendly Anakin at range 0 to 3 execute a maneuver and there are more enemies than friendlies at range 0 to 1 of that ship, Obi-Wan can spend a force, that ship gets a focus. Kind of like yeah. his uh, Aether Sprite ability? Yeah, it's just better... Just and with him and Obi Wan, it's it's yeah, it's different, Anakin. yeah. And then uh, Anakin's is the same. If you or friendly Obi Wan at range zero to three execute a maneuver, and there are more enemies than friendlies at range zero to one, Anakin can spend a force that ship removes a red token. Significantly worse. So I think the the big thing with Obi Wan is he works on himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, you execute a maneuver, your range you have more you have more enemy ships than you do friendly ships. You essentially get to turn a force into a focus, which is ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. Like, now, think of how many times Darth Vader will like target lock and then spend a force to focus, because it's worth it every single time. Absolutely. Um, the other thing is that it specifically says more, not more or equal to. So you've got to, yeah. you've got to either be out on your own with two guys close to you, or flying into a swarm. That's it's going to be a situational ability. But again, I don't think you're going to bring these two for their abilities you bring them for that high initiative and three force yeah uh like i think ada obi-wan and anakin although i i don't think anakin's ability is that great agreed um but mostly obi-wan like you're gonna bring him in like a three ship list Mm -hmm. yeah like uh which is pretty common for for jedi aces uh but that way it's very likely that there are more enemy ships than friendly ships close to you um so yeah, like I think Ayla's ability is way better. Uh, I think I would take Ayla over Obi Wan if they were the same price. I would as well, hundred uh, yeah. percent. Which is why I think there's a chance that Obi Wan is cheaper. Although he still has the third purple, which yeah. is really strong. 
and like the the you did say which i didn't quite put together yet that he does work on himself so no matter what you bring in a list with him he's always got that pilot ability for himself yeah yeah that's the bigger thing like obviously it synergizes great with anakin like if you can do that um, you know what but it's okay oh, go, oh, go ahead sorry no, no, no. Say, well, you know what else is common in Republic lists is Anakin and then Naboo, which this counts with. That's true. Yeah. I did not consider that. Yeah, yeah it's not uh, the 8 of 1 version. So another thing that's really powerful about Obi-Wan's ability, it merely says after you execute a maneuver, not fully execute. Yep. So yeah. And will, it doesn't matter what color the maneuver was. Yep. You can, uh, as long as you weren't on one force and purple talon into someone after intuitive controlling, you're going to have a focus that turn. Yeah, no, that's actually even stronger. Like the ability to, I guess, do they even have red turnarounds? Is it just I the think purple it's talents? Just purple talents, but I don't right. know off the top of my head. But but being unblockable, you're always gonna have a focus. Yeah, is really that's big. actually that's a really like you always have a force. But what if that force? Uh, they do have a red force. What if that force? So would it would work on that. But well, here's the thing that they also have is what is gonna make it not all that abusive. Well, maybe who knows? They they do have a target lock. It is a purple target lock, however. So if you're willing to yeah. spend. Uh, you wouldn't use that. I mean, if you actually, you know, you absolutely could. You could spend two force to focus target lock each turn. I mean, yeah, like on turns where you have the bullseye lined up, that's absolutely worth it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you're going to be at range zero to one of another ship. If you've got yeah. that perfect positioning, absolutely, Obi Wan just becomes an immediate cannon. That uh, could be pretty useful. So, yeah. I do think that. Uh, Aether Sprite Obi Wan is better. That's, um, that's not fair to Ada Obi Wan because Aether Sprite Obi Wan is the second best ship in the game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty fair. Um, yeah, like it, I, I don't think that Ada Obi Wan is bad by yeah. any means. I just there is that weird limitation of you can screw yourself up by being too close to him, or mm-hmm. like you still have to be range zero to one of the enemy ship in order for it to matter. Um, so it's it is a very limited ability, it but is. it's it's still it's still strong indeed. And like if if the price point comes where Swapping out Delta Obi Wan to Ada Obi Wan gets you Delta Anakin. That might be worth it. Yeah, that's true. And that and I guess thing, too along the same lines, Ada Anakin. I I actually would swap here. I do think Ada Anakin's ability is better than Delta Anakin. Aether Sprite Anakin's. The chassis um, is better for I six on the Delta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why that ship um, costs ninety nine points. <laughs> but. But Delta Anakin is only stress tokens, and Ada Anakin is any red token. So, like, moving at I-6, it's actually pretty useful. Somebody target locks oh. you, and you move into range one of them and go, nah, I don't want that target lock. That's like, how Ion, before you maneuver, yep. like, if you hear to have a Oh, that's orange. Ion's, Ion's orange. orange? Yeah, it's true. Uh, no, Ion's yeah. are red. Are they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Orange yeah, has a way. Uh, red doesn't. I, I get stuck on 1.0. Yeah. Ion's being orange. Yeah, jam, uh, jam factor, and uh, counter has dropped multiple ion tokens. But if somehow you ate one ion, Sabine crew—they bomb you with Sabine crew, and they give you the ion. Yeah. you can do your or to remove that ion. You go over a gas cloud and you take cool. a strain, and then you go. Very no, true. Immune to gas. Okay, I'm like, actually I'm solder on Anakin than I was two seconds ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, it still has all the same limitations that Ada Obi Wan does. Mm-hmm. So it is. A, it's a difficult ability to pull off all the time, but it does have the potential of being really and strong. And if you bring both, them, two of them having two, they both have two pilot abilities, basically. Yeah. They're right. Like, it is important to note, though, that you have to, like, to do Obi-Wan's ability, you have to spend Obi-Wan's force yes. every time. Yeah. And Anakin, you have to spend Anakin's force every time, mm-hmm. so uh, it can get a little clunky, but, um, oh, like, whether they're good or not, it's really neat that they interact together. Yeah, that's uh, yeah I like that um, a lot. I, I from actually, a Mathieme standpoint, uh, it's cool. Sitting around and actually thinking about it, they, they're probably pretty playable. Mm-hmm. Especially in hyperspace. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and all of this, again, like points dependent. If they are just consistently, you know, five to six points less than a uh, CLT Jedi, then they're great. Yeah. Because they're, they're not paying to be the same as them whenever they are a little bit worse. Um, so I, I definitely think there's the potential with the ship. Uh, I just, I'm not super hyped about them because they fill the same sort of role that CLT Jedi do. It's like when you have Z9, Z95 and Binding Guild ties and scum. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly that. Well, let's, uh, let's look at the upgrades that come with the list that's been the list, the ship. Uh, the first one is a Force Talent Patience. At the start of engagement, if there is an enemy ship in your front arc, you can take a deplete to recover a Force. Uh, so as long as this is cheap, which they've been weird about pricing force talents so far, so that's not a guarantee. Predictive uh, shot was cheap as expected. <laughs> yeah, but like sense is super cheap compared to what it does. Yeah. And like brilliant evasion is really expensive for what it does. And so like anyway, if this is cheap, like the one to two point range, I could see this being useful on your Anakin's, your Obi Wan's, especially like a Delta Seven one or something, where you sometimes get into that situation where your shot is garbage. Like, you're never going to spend mods for that shot or anything. It, like, if it does any damage, it's just pure bonus. But you really want extra defensive mods. Yeah. Then Patience is fantastic. And, like um, like I said earlier, Shock T. Um, it'll give her yeah. a force back. Assuming the timing works for her, she has to spend her force before we recover force. This mm-hmm. giving her a force in the, in the engagement phase, if she's out, lets her always trigger her ability. Yeah. This actually just crossed my mind, but this actually screams really good on CLT Jedi. Because they'll have those times where they don't have a bullseye shot, so their shot is bad. And they really want to purple evade, but they also still want to have force points to modify. Mm -hmm. And now you can purple evade and then patience to get your force back and have essentially focus evade for defense and be super tanky. Throw your little crappy one die shot and who cares? It was going to hit anyway. Yep. Uh, Um, The other force talent that comes in here, uh, initially I didn't think a whole lot of, but then I started realizing how incredibly powerful it is. Extreme it is basically spend a force to daredevil when you boost you can spend a force to use the hard template but to clarify you do not take a stress no, you, you only don't. spend a force <laughs> which is an enormous deal yeah, um so Spindle and i have talked a lot i don't i don't know if we've done it a lot on the podcast but we're pretty anti daredevil on most ships we did say that uh, and that's because you are spending points to gain maneuverability on that turn at the cost of maneuverability the next turn uh which isn't necessarily awful but i i have found when playing against daredevil they will daredevil and get that one good turn and then be out of position for a while after rick as a result being the main, the main yeah thing exactly rick hamstrings himself because he's stuck to a bank after daredeviling yeah. Um, yeah. and like he boosts but then doesn't have mods yeah um but you take a force user that is going to do this purple boost still have a completely open dial and then hey still has other force to modify his dice this is just phenomenal. Or you take someone like Kylo, which I'm sure everybody has put together. Literally, the first Kylo thing with, everybody thought of was Kylo. Yeah, you have, have you know, auto thrusters, so he can focus and then turn boost to get a shot on somebody and still have plenty of mods. Kylo's like, gonna be uh, so dumb. Yeah, I I have no idea what they should cost this, but I hope it's It's expensive. gotta be at least six, I think. Yeah, I'm. So. I think this is a good candidate for scales with initiative. Agreed. Agree. Actually, pricing scales um, with uh, either scales with initiative or scales with number of force. That's true. It is a force. Could be interesting. Yeah. So it could scale with yeah. Number of force. Um. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Kylo is the best with this. Uh, or actually, Aether sprites are also really good. Yeah. Although you'd have to spend two force to do a 
fine-tuned boost fine -tuned <laughs> that uses a turn. Or uh, but you could do it, which is pretty gross. And Ada could hard turn boost in the system phase. True, yeah. Spend two force um, to do that. <laughs> have to yeah. check something. Yeah, it is small ship only. Yeah. And you are required to have boost. Yeah, you sure. are required to have boost. The only, the only non-small, like, Leia would be the only one who could. Right, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, on Leia, the idea of the... Asajj. Asajj doesn't have boost. Right. Oh, because it's, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I thought you were talking about the small base only thing. No, and well, I was also thinking, part, actually, I was thinking more of, does the, uh, doesn't the Sith Infiltrator have boost? No, it doesn't. No, it does it not, barrel no. roll. Okay. It barrel because roll. that was my first thought would be Maul in this thing, just and hard Daredevil turning. Also is small base only, because I really want a Daredevil Boba. Yeah. But they mm -hmm. wouldn't let me do it. Yeah. Oh, no, God, that'd just be horrific. Yeah, I really I'm going to one hard Boba, and then one hard Boba's, again. Because Boba, Boba would be fine with Daredevil, but you can't do it. Yeah, because passive mods. Mm -hmm. True. Um, but yeah, so uh, Extreme Maneuvers is going to be really good uh, points, depending, obviously. But the the potential on somebody like a Kylo or an Anakin or Obi-Wan is really strong. Indeed, that, that could be really good. You just have to know when to actually spend your force, when it's the right choice to spend your force to hard boost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it uh, it's definitely my pick for the first force talent that actually competes with sense. Yeah, to come out. I'm gonna have to. We're all gonna be first order players. I, I I'm between I, between the Z and was. between the Z and this on Kylo, Kylo being the best ship in the game already. Like, yeah, I always was. All right, uh, it does actually come with a command card for those of you who've been playing epic battles and you want to fly wings of these. There is Jedi Commander that. Basically, lets you and your wingmates treat purple maneuvers as red maneuvers. That's not too bad, I would suppose. Yeah, it's kind of neat. I know nothing about Epic or Wings, epic, so I can't... Yeah. It's a... yeah, it seems cool. I, I really should play Epic sometime, because it seems like they did a really cool... A lot of really cool stuff with it. I've played some of the yeah. side games there, but yeah. I haven't played an actual Epic game. We should game. take a weekend and play an Epic game sometime. Indeed. Yeah, that sounds good. And then uh, they do have the Astromech, the Republic version of R2-D2. He has two charges, and his ability is, before you activate, spend a charge and get a deplete token to repair a damage, recover a shield, or remove a device at range 0 to 1. Good. Uh, after you act, yeah, no, after you after activate. After you activate, you okay, there we go. All right. Uh, yeah, but that's still before you, maneuver, before you move. Before you execute maneuver, yeah. After you, yeah, because uh, after you activate is the first thing that happens. Yeah, activating is the beginning of your activation. Okay, so. Yeah. After you activate, you may spend... you may spend one charge and gain one deplete token to repair a damage card, recover a shield, or remove a device or injured one. I'll double check the rules reference to make. Yeah, sure. that that does yeah. seem a little odd because after you activate, I would say is after the complete activation phase, at the end of the phase. That would make it more fair. Yeah, because activating. Let's not, let's not decide anything until I check the rules. Yeah, that that's that's an odd bit of wording there. But either way, he's going to be incredibly All powerful. Right. The activation phase. You activate by okay. So perform action is the end of the activation of your activations. Okay. So each, it's after you perform an action. To quote the rules, each ship activates by resolving the following steps in order: reveal a dial, execute a maneuver, perform an action. All right. So it takes place after you perform an action. Okay, that makes it better. Yeah. It, more importantly, it takes place after you move, yeah. so you can't remove <laughs> the deplete token as soon as you gain it. Yes. Right. We already had those shenanigans with Finn and. Yeah. Tokens, so. Um okay, so that's not as bonkers. It's still ridiculously good. Yeah. Like a a deplete instead of a disarm is a huge buff to an already really strong card. Uh and then you can also repair damage cards instead of just recovering shields, and then you have the remove device shenanigans on top of it. Like Or if you're really not gonna shoot, you can take R2, 
and patience and just take double deplete tokens and not yeah why would you need to why would you do that i don't know that's fair yeah <laughs> i mean yeah you could take them for different reasons and just in theory use them at the same time that's but fair. um either way rtd2 is really good maybe not 12 anymore but he still should be more expensive than a generic r2 two digits and, i think yeah. so indeed well, I mean, R2 are nine for three agility ships, so it should be ten. That's fair. If it's, if it's, yeah, it should be. He's he's regen, so he's most likely going to be uh, initiative based. Yeah. And speaking agility. also, agility uh, based, not initiative based. That's it. Uh, ships that are not going to be in hyperspace or extended, they've the hyperspace ring as uh, the ship is actually called the Transgal Meg Control Link. It is an odd little ship that you can dock a ETA, a V-Wing, or an Ether Sprite to. When it is docked, when a ship is docked to it, it uses the docked ship's initiative and dial. It has a 0-1-1-2 stat line. All your maneuvers are speed 1, and if you reveal an advanced maneuver, instead you do a white stop and rotate. And then once you undock, the ring doesn't activate or engage. And it comes with the, uh, not a configuration, but a hyperspace card, which is a new category that they've introduced. Uh, Silurer class hyperspace ring. You can set up anywhere beyond range one of obstacles, range three of enemy ships, and range three of the enemy board edge. This kind of only makes sense if you're playing with a larger than three by three mat. Otherwise, Yeah, I mean, this is designed for epic. Yeah, obviously designed for epic play. Uh, But even then, I'm looking at it, and it kind of just tells me, you just sit out there until you decide you're going to undock. So the big thing is this gives any ship with the hyperspace ring uh, resistant Han's ability, essentially. Like, a little bit more restrictive, but essentially resistant Han. That's not been lighting anybody on fire, though. No, but it's epic. This is adding to a pilot, not bringing a whole ship for it. Right. And I I assume epic has objectives. It isn't just fly at each other. Okay. Yeah, I I, I could see that. Yeah, get a head start on trying to control a point. Okay. Right. Yeah, something like that. Um, All right. And it's cool, which it's it's for casual play, so cool is dope. All all that matters in epic is rule of cool. I I do like that the Edda physically can dock to the ring. They, They come packaged together that way. I wonder if the V-Wings and the Ether Sprite will also fit in there like that. If not, I'm uh, sure someone will 3D print a way for them, too. Yeah. I don't know. That would be extra cool if you could. That would be pretty dope. Brand with a lot of uh, either way, everybody's going to fly there. There's a lot of controversy the... come tournament time when it's when they rule whether or not you can do that, fly the hyperspace. Ring I don't think they'd rule that you can't. Yeah, because Although there's no requirement. I made the weird. There's no but requirement. But if FFG doesn't rule well, and it's up to individual judges, we may have the yeah. same thing when we did where if you were flying the pod and the resistance transport separately, you had to buy two. Kind of. Right. We might have that happen yeah. again. The difference with this is that having the hyperspace ring on there doesn't make it unclear what the ship is, which is the only. You could call it a mod if they try to argue that. Indeed. But the same thing with um, the with the resistance transport. You could still tell what chip it is, even if the pod wasn't attached. Yeah, but that was FFG specifically saying oh, you had to FFG have the bottom. That yeah. Tur- no, that was FFG. Um, FFG yeah. I thought that was a tournament organizer ruling. Oh, it was a, it was yeah. a questionable ruling. Right. So it looks like this is going to be a really interesting expansion. Uh, I I like that we're seeing more things from the prequels, despite not being a huge fan of them myself. I do like expanding what's available for these poor underrepresented factions like the Republic. Right. The Clone Wars was cool, and I can just pretend they're all Clone Wars ships. Yeah, true. <laughs> Clone Wars counts as prequels. Yeah, but Clone Wars is cool. And, like, good. <laughs> I have no counter to that. 
So with that, uh, we did have a listener-requested topic this episode. Uh, Jeremy Blakely asked us this via Facebook. He asked, what do you mean by it's a joust list, don't joust it? Or more specifically, what are the playstyle tropes, and what do they look like on the board? What are the common features of someone who is using each specific playstyle, and what are the common counters to it? So we're going to kind of go into, we use a lot of jargon often when talking to this podcast. So some of this kind of does need to be explained for people who know this. Uh, maybe you'll learn something. For people who are newer to X-Wing, this could hopefully uh, kind of remove a little bit of the unclearness when we use a lot of this jargon. So the easy one is just, what do we mean by jousting? Doug? Uh, I mean, the simplest description is we each have a block of ships and we fly at each other and shoot until one person's dead. Um, like that's the the simplest way that, to describe it. The it's, baby's it's, first jousting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and that really is just the gist of it. It's just uh, neither neither side is particularly jockeying for position or you know trying to outmaneuver each other's ships. They're both just saying, uh, you know, I think I can win this this fight if we just shoot each other until one dies. Uh, so that's what they do. Alex? Yeah, I mean, like, there's obviously more than that. Like, if one person's blocked up and one person's all spread out, but they still decide to fly at the block from the same direction at the same time, that's still jousting, even if you didn't have a block. And also the cliche rebel jousting, if we're going to each fly down a board edge for a while and then diagonally approach each other, that's still jousting. You didn't fly directly at each other. They super always did. <laughs> yeah, so... so if you... I think the, the biggest thing is that if both lists have the majority of each other's lists in arc, like if I have a six ship list and you have a five ship list and the first round of engagement, uh, all of my ships can choose between four targets, then we're jousting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. If that makes sense. Like, like you are, you're not making a, a specific effort to avoid shooting at each other. I would also go as far as to say in most cases of where you see a joust, all of your ships have effectively the same firing angle. You're not bringing one in at straight, one in at 45. Sometimes you I are, mean, and that can be considered yeah, jousting. It's still jousting if you're if you're all approaching the other block, like at the same time, and they're all still in argument. If you're pointing at different angles, you're still jousting. Right, and that, that's kind of where I'm getting at. More often than not, you'll see it with them lined up. Uh, this is really common in tie swarms for that initial engage. Uh, you see it not so much necessarily in vulture swarms but they want to stay tight like that. Uh, the idea of a joust is just get all your guns on target as much as you can. So, yeah, so I actually think the big thing is that you don't choose whether you're jousting, your opponent does, if that makes sense. Like, uh, you can shoot, you can say you want to joust, but your opponent has to also say, I want to joust have, in order for it to both happen. Both people have to opt into the joust. Yeah. And so they usually do. Yeah. What's the strategy behind jousting? How does it provide an advantage? Well, like, your goal when you're jousting is to have your joust outkill their joust. Like, yeah. that's the only reason you should be jousting, is if you know your list can can get an advantage on their list while jousting. So let's take the Nantex Swarm, for example. Uh, you have six ships, which means you are most of the time going to have a ship count advantage over your opponent, uh, which frequently means you're going to be throwing more red dice. That, that's not always true, uh, but frequently that's the case. Um, and because they're all three agility ships, they take more red dice to chew down than your average ship. So they, they opt into the joust as much as possible because 
based on averages, they will come out ahead Indeed. most of the time. And a lot of times, jousting lists um, don't pack a lot of high modded offense, so they reduce their variance by throwing more dice. Yeah. Or uh, vice versa, like they don't bring a ton of dice, so they heavily modify them. Like the the like, the old scum list from earlier, where it was Ketsu, Terok, um, I guess Cavill was the third ship. There they jousted, yeah, because they were three i five ships that were fully modded and often burned down one or two ships before they could shoot. Yep. Still a jousting the, list, but a different style of jousting list. Yeah, the list I lost to a Corellia that was three E wings and Arvel. That was a jousting list because it could enter combat with focus and target lock on all three of its initiative four three die shots. Uh, so it it fired very heavily modified dice, which usually put it ahead before the opponent got to fire back. The list I flew at Corellia was a high initiative jousting list. Yeah. Okay. That's and high initiative jousting lists. Their goal is to PS kill something so that they effectively aren't at a ship count disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah, we Which is, that gets into why Nantex are so irritating for people, is because it is a high ship count list that is also very high initiative for how many ships it has. Indeed. So it is, it's very difficult to beat it in a joust by having more ships, and it's difficult to beat it in a jousting list by out-initiativing it. The Inferno Swarm, when it was big, was the same deal. Yeah. The, the, the double Swarm Tactics Inferno Swarm did the same thing. Alright, so... All right. We often refer to certain ships as this is a jouster. What ships lend themselves well to this archetype? Um, most? Yeah, uh, so generics almost unanimously fit into this description. Um, so generally, it, it is something that is more cost-efficient, which means it's, uh, it, is the, it's, it provides good value in terms of like firepower and health for its points. Uh, aces do not fall into that category because they spend a lot of points for their ship ability or their initiative or their ability to reposition. Uh, so getting shot at every turn is very bad for it. Whereas something like a torrent, for example, is dirt cheap and provides relatively good offense for its price. Yeah. Uh, like um, TIE Fighters are the quintessential jaster. Like, yeah, or X-Wings. Or B-Wings. Like, like, it's kind of hard to staple down what exactly defines a jester. Um, Most of the time, if it's not an ace and it's not like a turret, it's usually a jester. Yeah, <laughs> they are different. If qualities. it is not something, yeah, if it's not something with high initiative and the ability to reposition, or it's not something that brings its own unique way to do damage, then it's a jester. There's also a phrase that's used: if both players are jousting, one of them is wrong. Uh, Alex, you had something to say about this. Yeah. Well, so. We're going to see when I'm talking about equal player skill here, because it's the only way you can talk about list differences. But, like, no two, unless, if you're not bringing the same two lists, they're not going to have an identical joust. Um, so, one list is going to be inherently better at jousting the other. Like, as an example, I like, like the Focho, the eight TIE FOs versus five X Wings. The X Wings have a PS advantage, they're I2, and the TIE Fighters are I1, but they just line up and joust. On average, it takes the X Wings all five shots to kill a TIE FO. And then on the returning seven TIFOs, on average, deal five damage back to an X-Wing. It seems like the X-Wings are doing good, but as far as percentage of list goes, um, the X-Wings are way down, and the TIE Fighters are only going to get better because their percentage of the list is spread out in a much smaller increment, so they will outjust the X-Wings. Yeah, so like the, the X-Wings might get an early lead, but they are deceptively falling farther and farther behind because 
every every X-wing that's lost in the list decreases the firepower of the list by much more by, than by any twenty percent. Whereas the yeah. Tie Fighter is only twelve and a half percent. Yeah, um, and it's not always super obvious which list is worse at jousting. Indeed. Um, which is if if you are bringing a list with the purpose of jousting, you really need to understand how much firepower it can put out reliably. Yes. Um, and if you look at your list and you look at your opponent's list and you go, my opponent's list can put out more damage than I can, then you need to find a different strategy. The big like you need to find a way to make them split their fire, something like that, where mm-hmm. they can't focus fire down the same ship. Yeah. And also blocking like whichever jousting list moves first has a big advantage in a straight joust because blocking to deny actions. While you still get your actions is huge in a joust. Yeah. So let's say and, uh, this is. Oh, sorry. So, so let's say you have a brick of initiative one Tie Fighters, and I have five X Wings, and I'm moving second. Yes. I don't want to straight up joust you because the numbers are eventually going to go in your favor. Indeed. After about right. the third round, the TIE Fighters are winning, and it never comes back. So yeah. an approach I could use, if you're coming at me in a brick, I could split my ships off to the sides and force you to turn one, one way or the other into an engagement 100%. where all my yeah, all my ships might still get to shoot, but you're not going to shoot at all my ships. That is the way to be yeah. addressing us, is to make them choose. That's also where... Yeah, and since you're probably moving second, this is where things like range control become really important. Because you might be a worse jousting list, but if you can line up so that all of your ships are firing at range three, but only half of their ships are firing back, you're now winning the joust yeah. instead of losing. You've still killed a tie fighter on average, but they're not doing five damage from X wing back. I yeah, mean, if different. you come in at an angle, you might be able to arc dodge some of those arcs because you're moving second. You can barrel out of arc, and now you're winning the joust instead of losing Indeed. it. Indeed, things like that. Um, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but. Uh, Frequently, whenever an ace list is considered overpowered, it's because it's actually way too good at jousting. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, the Squad of Legend from early first edition is a perfect example of this. The the Advanced Sensors, Redline, Soontir, and it was Whisper. like it was Darth Vader Whisper. Because yeah. it was Duke, Whisper had a crew. Duke Darth Vader Whisper. Yeah. Uh, so that was an ace list, in quotes, but in reality, it just jousted everything in one anyway, yeah. because it shot at 655 and had so much front-loaded damage that it just started the game ahead by a ship almost every and time. And two of the pilots had it built-in defensive capabilities. Right. Right. Um, so they could they could take shots, because Whisper had two evades. Like, yeah. Like, so um, they so it's, not, it's not super relevant to the conversation, but it is something to point out that uh, I think a lot of times when people are frustrated with ace lists, it's because they're so efficient... They're actually just jousting lists anyway. The Republic triple Jedi list could do the same thing, like yeah, at their height. Like that's... To, yeah, which leads us into another aspect. We we use the term aces all the time. Uh, that's worth looking into. One can just say, oh, an initiative six pilot is an ace. That's not always the case. What do we mean by our definition of ace? Uh, personally, I would almost say that an ace uh, is a ship that has a high initiative, is most likely going to move late or last in the initiative and use repositioning to avoid or minimize incoming shots while still having efficient offense. So if they can uh, barrel roll or boost, that's good. If they can barrel roll and boost, that's great. If they can barrel roll and boost and have mods like a certain silencer, that's amazing. So, but yeah, some people will say, oh, Kylo's only initiative five. He's not an ace. What do we mean by that? Initiative five is the is the aces initiative in the game well so i think the biggest thing is that defining a ship as an ace all the time is wrong sometimes like i think the best way to define aces is when you're actually looking at matchups um so like kylo's a bit of an exception because he has passive mods 
and can double reposition all the time. Uh, so even when stuff's moving after him, he's still really difficult to deal with. Uh, but if we take somebody like Suntir, who is like the classic pinnacle ace, like he uh, he he wins games by dodging arcs and quote outflying his opponents. Uh, but if you are in a Suntir mirror match, for example, and the other Suntir is moving after you, is Suntir really an ace at that point? It's it gets a lot harder to justify him as such. Uh, so I think a lot of it comes down to what the specific matchup is and how you define an ace. Uh, but I would say that an ace is a ship that is moving last most of the time and has a way to uh, utilize that advantage. So, like, Wedge is talked about as, like, being mocked as not really being an ace lot because X-Wings can't really utilize moving second very well. Just a barrel roll is not an efficient way to dodge arcs consistently. Right. Um, I want to say one thing is like Doug and I often talk about when building lists, it will say this person's an ace or an amazing blocker. Like, yeah. like Doug and I, he plays Kylo a lot and I play Fen Rao a lot. So when I help uses Kylo as just a blocker against my Fen Rao because yeah. he's he's not the ace in that matchup. So he's blocking my my ace and still utilizing Kylo. And a lot of that is why when when you get into like ace lists, you see people with absolutely ridiculous bids. And that's because they want to guarantee that their ship that they want to be an ace is actually the ace every game. Like they they want to guarantee that Suntir Fell is moving last against anything on the field, so they bring a fifteen point bid. Or that's why the uh, Gory player brings a twenty five point bid. Yeah, exactly. That's why Dan Peterson brings a twenty five point bid because he has a two ship list and it relies entirely on executing with perfect knowledge. Yeah. That's the only way it uh, can work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I do want to say a couple things about your description, Matt. Um, mm -hmm. Boost or barrel roll. Oh, you didn't. Never mind. You're good. You said barrel and boost. We good. We fine. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, but efficient out offensive input is not necessarily a uh, required concept of an ace. I would say aces generally have pretty low, relatively low damage output. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would. I would actually say that an ace is usually defined by mobility first, defense second, offense third. Indeed. Like, like uh, it, it wants to not get shot first, and then if it gets shot, it wants to make sure it takes as little damage as possible. And then after that, it wants to put out. Lowest priority, it wants to shoot back. So, yeah. In like, kind of taking a, a side note there, it's almost like the MMO term for tanking. You can either be a, uh, well, not so much MMO, uh, Elite Dangerous does this for your ships. Hull tanking, I'm going to take damage and soak it up either by having more shields or the ability to mitigate that damage. Whereas certain ships are dodge tanks. I'm going to avoid damage by just not being where you're shooting. Ace is one so of the a dodge tanks. Yeah, it, it, a classic ace is a dodge tank. That being said, there is one caveat, which is the defender. Because the TIE defender is not an ace, but it performs in pretty much the same way. It is a heavy jester uh, that functions like an ace by virtue of having yeah. insane defensive qualities. Yeah, yeah. You just don't like, because care if they're shooting at you. Yeah, because it's so defensive-oriented, it functions the same as an ace in a list, and that is, uh, which, another thing we should define is, aces almost always want to get into the end game. Yeah. Whereas a, a jouster is pretty much the same level of effective throughout the game, or actually arguably more effective early game, when it has more things to shoot at. Uh, an ace is at its best when there are as few ships left on the board as possible. Indeed. So, like, like a uh, list wants to win quickly. Right. So, like, if we take the, the 5 X-Wing versus FO example earlier, uh, the eight FOs beat the five X-Wings. Uh, if you replace four of those, or, yeah, four of those FOs for Supernatural Kylo, which is exactly 100 points. Uh, at the beginning of that game, the X-Wings have the advantage. 
But if you can trade those four FOs for two and a half X-Wings, Kylo is in a dream state at that point, because he can arc dodge two ships and kill a third. And then it's he's even farther ahead, because now they have an even harder time getting arc on him. Things like that. But if you bring Kylo in too soon, and he just gets blown up, then you just lost 100 points for nothing. Matt, you're still cut. Yeah, okay, you're back now. But there are also some other points. Oh, sorry. Um, still on the defining an ace thing before we move on. There are a lot of ships that are ace-like or ace-adjacent that people just refer to as aces, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But like the Fang Fighters one, it's not really an ace chassis. It's a brawling joust chassis. But because it's so defensive at its specific qualifications of being at range one, it's ace-like. Yeah, I would actually put it very similar to the defender. Agreed, agreed. I would put them in the same ace-adjacent category. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, and as a final Poe point, like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Poe's a Poe. Poe's the most fair because he can arc dodge, but he doesn't get mods if he do, if he does it, and he, or he can tank ability. decently. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as one last caveat, like you could ask a hundred different people what the definition of an ace is, or to like l- list off what aces are, and you'll get a hundred different answers. Like there is there is not a hard definition on ace. It's it's a lot more of a a feel. The one for thing what you can guaranteed say about an ace is they're not in the rebel faction. <laughs> yeah, but even like I'm Jake, I'm joking. Yeah, Jake <laughs> is the aciest thing in the rebel faction. Yeah, or supernatural Luke is pretty ace. Yeah, um, true, true. Yeah. So, how do you build a list around aces around that theory? Do you want to try and bring as many of them as possible? Uh, an ace with a support ship, uh, like you said, your Kylo and uh, Mini Swarm, as it's often called. Uh, what are some examples of how to build a list around aces? The first thing I want to do, at least, is I take my main endgame win condition ace, and I kit them out as much as I want, and then I go from there. Mm-hmm. Like, don't compromise on your main ace. Yep. Yeah, so, like, as an example, I ran a 109-point Supernatural Prime Thrusters Kylo for a long time, and it was just about finding the remaining 91 points that I felt could get Kylo to the endgame the best. So filthy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Turns out 91 points isn't quite enough to do that, so we're all no, we're all no. saved. <laughs> Ends up being relatively fair. Not fun for anybody else but me, but, but fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, the most common um, ace lists you see tend to be triple ace lists. Mm-hmm. Like the Squad of um, Legend we just mentioned. Squad of Legend, right? Uh, Inquisitor, triple Vader, Jedi. Inquisitor Vader, Whisper, Triple Jedi. Um, Seeing a lot of say uh, Kylo Von Reg Hollow. Kylo Von Reg, Kylo Blackout Von Reg. Mm-hmm. I and I think the reason. Of. It's the most popular and the most effective is because uh, X-Wing is a relatively small, like it's it's a closer to a skirmish game than it is a war game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in skirmish games, like being excellent at something is better than being good at multiple things. Yeah. Uh, and so the triple ace list really doubles down on I'm going to have something in the end game that can beat everything else. I think it has the highest floor in a tournament as well. It's going like. Yeah. Even if even if you're not the best pilot at it, it's going to have the most lists that it beats in list building than the other types yeah. of ace lists. Give a little bit of a history um, bit here. There was a Greek uh, poet, the founder of elegiac poetry, named Archilochus, and he has a statement that's one of his uh, most famous that says, "The fox is clever and good at many things. The hedgehog knows only one trick, but it is a very good trick." So you're saying yeah. that. A hedgehog, the, the, the aces being excellent at the one thing they do is often better than something that's kind of a C or B tier at a lot of things. Well, in like triple aces, like I said, they have the lowest floor. They're the easiest version of an ace list to take deep into a tournament because they have the yeah. wor- they have the less their bad matchups are less common than something like 
bring switch swapping out an ace for a support ship or bringing a mini swarm. Yeah. Whereas if we look at something like an ace plus mini swarm, like my friend, uh, you get into the situation like yeah, you get in the situation where it doesn't counter anything. It's just also a lot harder to be countered. Yeah. Uh, but so you look at like Smittle's Fen plus six. Uh, if he's playing against a Focho, he's worse at jousting than, than that list is. And, and Fen can't really be an ace until much later into the game. So he really has to set up perfectly. He has to set up perfectly so that he can he can lose the joust close enough to have Fen finish the game, which is not nearly as easy to do as it is to just bring three aces and plink and plink and plink and eventually overcome the swarm. Indeed. That doesn't make it worse, but it's a lot more it's, difficult. You have to work a lot harder with Ace Mini Swarm. You really do. Yeah. And but like I said, you're better. You're worse at acing than ace lists. You're worse at jousting than jousting lists. But you're you're a lot better against the field as a whole because you're. It's really hard to hard counter Ace Mini Swarm. Yeah, but you're better at acing than jousting lists, and you're better at jousting than ace lists. Indeed. Well, you mentioned uh, Alex's Fen and Six Mining Guild ties, which we've thought of locally a lot as his list. But Doug, uh, you had real success with uh, ships some would consider an ace, plus almost a full swarm, with your Sunfock and a bunch of Vulture Droids list, which you can see. That was also, also six, six. Yeah. Yeah. They were both seven ship lists. Yeah. Were they? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't remember if you had six or seven uh, droids in there. Yeah, it was six. Sunfock um, is I mean, adjacent, I would say, as well. I... Yeah, I would call him ace adjacent. And it's because he uh, he does avoid getting shot, but that's because Ensnare is a stupid card. Um, <laughs> he abuses like... a mechanic that makes him, that turns him into an ace. Similar yeah, to how right. Fenrau does as well. He abuses the extra dice for yeah. each one to be an ace. Yeah. Um, and so what it actually happens is that is actually just a jousting list. It just uses an 80-point ship to enable, like, I would actually consider it closer to a swarm with a support Sunfock <laughs> than a, a droid swarm supporting ace Sunfock. Because Sunfock is there to ensnare something and then have six two-die shots pound into that reduced agility. That's hopefully on a rock as well. Like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so glad that's not really a thing anymore. So yeah, I mean, there's a decent chance that's what I'm gonna take to Coruscant oh, if I could like. Woohoo! Um, you monster. Yeah, but um, right. and then the third ace is like two aces and a support is the yeah. probably the second most common one after the uh, triple ace. Yeah, and that's because it's a triple ace list that just tries to enable the other two aces more. Like so, the trick with triple ace is you almost always have to give up one. Uh, it's just like one. yeah, unless you're just outflying the pants off of your opponent, they're going to catch something eventually. Uh, you gotta, you, uh, one's so got to be the bait so the other two can outfly. Right. So the, the two ace plus support is saying, here, I'm going to feed you my one, quote, ace. And while it dies, it's going to help out the other two. Because I have to give up something anyway. I'm going to give up something that's going to help the others out. Have you met down. my friend, the Grand Inquisitor? <laughs> yeah. He's the, triple, he's the third ace in a triple. Right, that's that's triple what I'm saying. You know, that's so, that's your... Uh, Hey, shoot at this guy who's initiative yeah. five. Oh, like the Z shuttle, like when Kylo just flew Kylo Black out. Z shuttle. Yeah, that's yep. Seek Sykes. The, yeah. uh, the classic example is first edition Palpaces, where you ran Soontir, second ace Palpatine in a in a lambda. Yeah. Um, that was a little different because you actually just ran around with Palpatine and took forever to die because Palpatine was a stupid. Yeah, Palpatine didn't have rate restrictions, um, so yeah. never go back and play uh, 1.0 if you didn't. And you're listening yeah. to this podcast. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. I think the biggest thing yeah. with double ace plus support is it's usually worse than triple ace unless there's a support ship that's too cheap. Agreed. Um, which we don't know if the, the the G is in that class or not, but First Order also kind of struggles with more than one true ace in Kylo. Yeah, like Black Cat's um, probably... So they try it out, but... Yeah. yeah. So... The gunship might also fall into that category. The Lat, the Lat um, yeah. like Latin 2 Jedi might become a thing. Indeed. All right. So if we're looking at the overall... Uh, 
state of things right now. Who are our best ace pilots and why? Alex? Kylo. Kylo. Um, obviously, the ace, aces thrive on passive mods and double repositions. Um, uh, Simtier is good because he has passive mods and has, or he has double repositions and a conditional passive mod. Kylo is better because he has double repositions and a non-conditional passive mod. Like true, very true. Kylo is the best ace in an all-around standpoint. Yes, he's i five, and that is a one weakness he has, but that's what makes him actually beatable. <laughs> um, but Kylo is uh, Simtier is good. Um, Vader's, uh, I'd say Vader's more ace adjacent than actual ace once his afterburner charges are gone. But until then, he's one of the better aces. Um, Advanced Sensor's Gory, one of the best aces. But and they're all good. Like, if you're not a good ace, you're not going to get played. So, yeah. Um, I think Sintir is perennially underrated as an ace. Like, Second, yeah. uh, he's so ridiculously cheap. Especially, and especially. if you're good at lining up bullseyes, which isn't that difficult to do at i6 with two repositions, he gets a third mod out of it. Yeah. Um, I, I Like, Sintir's up there with Kylo. So Kylo's easier to play than Sintir. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Sintir, Kylo, or your, your, I would say your uh, prototypical aces. All right. So when looking at uh, the ace archetype, what what's the counter to it? What gives it trouble? Oh, yeah, the easiest one to think of is Luke Gunner Han right off the bat. <laughs> like he's I6 and he gets to shoot you every turn with full mods. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the most obvious, just like hard counter. Um mines. Mines are very good against aces because they have low health. And then okay. if you trade an eight point mine for a sixty point suit tier, that's worth it every time. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, okay. control lists in general are pretty good against aces. Right. I would imagine most ace lists really fear being ionized, for example. They truly do. Alright. Yeah. Um anything that brings more than just the standard ninety degree arcs. Yeah. Uh, is generally good against aces. Like the the quad Wookiees plus fifth ship is has been talked about as a a jousting list that's good against aces. Yeah. And quad Wookiees one point because... also slaughtered aces for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like as maneuverable as aces are, there is a limit to what they can get out of. And uh, the more arc you bring, the harder it is to to figure out. Indeed. Anything that can uh, mess with their defensive capabilities, like tractor beams, are um, the best version of being quad jumpers because it's guaranteed. Yeah. Or Sunfock. But what a Sunfock! What a nice six quad jumper. All right. Kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> Never really heard that uh, comparison before, but sure. All right. Um, so we've covered the basic concept. Uh, one more. The ace is moving after you counters you as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's generally where you see those heavy bids come into play. Yeah. Oh, one thing that I wanted to point out is that um, ace mini, ace, triple ace is the one that can bid the easiest, followed by the ace support. Uh, ace mini swarm usually can't bid at all. Um, which also requires you to be comfortable playing with your ace moving first. Okay. It's a whole different skill you have to learn. It's learnable. I've learned it. It's learnable to be comfortable with your ace moving first and still win. But it's it's definitely more work. Okay. All right. I can definitely see that. And that's, that's just a skill that most people should learn. If you absolutely must move last with your list, I'd imagine finding out that you suddenly got outbid. You know, if Dan shows up and someone's got a 26-point bid, that's... That can change the whole the color of the game. The exception there is if if some if Dan knows someone's gonna show up with he Dan Dan's list the advanced Gory has to move last. There's no way around it. There, that's the yeah. one the one pile the one ship you cannot learn to move first with. It yeah, only and that, that's only because it's yeah supernatural Kyle is kind of the same way. It's because you're investing so many points into the ship 
that it has to be the ace. You can't really treat it like the blocker uh, because you just don't have it's enough list afterwards. Yeah. 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 Um, like, so against sixes, what Dan has to do is either has to just guess right and not get shot at, or he has to block and hope that Venrao can kill that six before he dies. Yeah. Um, which is not a great strategy, which is why the, that's, as amazing as he is with the list, he still tends to be like bubble out of cuts. Um, it gets, it, it hemorrhages MOV in the games he does lose. Yeah, and, true. Um, I, I do want to go on the record as saying we have nothing but the greatest respect for Dan Peters. Oh, God, no. I never want to play against him with that list. Like, <laughs> tabled yeah. the crap out of me. Not just me, yeah. but tabled me so... I didn't do a damage, and I shot twice in the game we played. <laughs> yeah. Like, I say that with the most respect, because I think most people would go, like, one and five with yeah, that Yeah, I think most average. people like, would. I think Dan is taking uh, that list as far as it can possibly go. And I have Matt, never been matched up against Dan in a tournament, but I've sat next to him at multiple tournaments, and I sweat bullets just being adjacent to his game. It's it's yeah. a brutalist to play against, and he knows. I played against what him. I played against him in a St. Louis tournament with the Sunfox plus six. So this was pretty early on when Sunfox came out. Uh, but if I remember right, his Fenrau just got like just unlucky, melted instantly. So it was Gory against like all but maybe one droid dead, and he's with a Sunfox moving after Gory. It still took me forever to pin that ship down because he flies it so well. Yeah. Um, but you you cannot it, learn to fly Guri be uh, like before other I fives though. It's just not possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why if Dan knows there's any risk of bring, of a list uh, bidding him, he has to drop something. Okay. Like yeah. that's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> so comparing the two basic concepts of jousting and aces, it would seem that people often think of jousting as the the low skill floor. And also a low skill ceiling. That I I would disagree with that assessment. Right. As I was trying to say, people often see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I know. I agree. With, I disagree with them. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is an exam? Whereas aces are can uh, commonly seen as much harder to get good with, but once you get good with them, you are probably going to be very good. Uh, is there really any truth to that? Eh, there's some. Like you have to mess uh, up less with aces, yeah. but it's also not super difficult to see where they are and then double reposition. So I, I think where that comes from is that if you are a brand new player, it is much easier to pick up a jousting list than an ace list. Uh, but once you have a grasp on the fundamentals of the game, I think it actually inverts. Agreed. Like I think playing a jousting list well is much more difficult than playing an ace list to like, let's say like a B tier performance. Um, I would argue that Generally, as a theme in X-Wing, ace lists usually have a higher top end than jesting lists. Uh, and that's because of the nature of how the initiative works, where if you bring a bid with an I-6, you can pretty much guarantee that you have perfect knowledge throughout the entire game. Uh, and you can, you can, quote, outfly people, which is just abusing arc dodging well, mechanics. Making maneuvers that allow you to arc dodge, which is yeah. where it comes to just not making mistakes. Yep. So, just kind uh, of so go ahead. I would, I would argue that uh, if you have a solid baseline for how the game works, uh, aces have the higher flip. higher starting point and the higher ending point than jousting lists. Okay. Watching a top tier jousting list be played is a joy to watch. Oh, like yes, yeah. watching somebody fly a tie swarm effectively is amazing to watch. And like watching Paul's first worlds win where he played Bigs Walks the Dogs into the tie swarm, that's two jousting lists in a world's final tournament. And it's one of the best games of X Wing. Period. And to be clear, that's two jousting lists where Paul is wrong. Yeah, like, Paul is getting out jousted in that list. It's, it's, but he, he, go watch that game. It's one of my favorite X Men games of all time. Yeah. Um, another great one is his second win with uh, and this is with Fat Han and three Z ninety fives. 
Uh, but he he just does some stellar stellar arc dodging, and it's completely unfair because it's a 1.0 Falcon with boost and a one hearts. But he still does an, an amazing job of getting past the swarm really, with it. Go watch all and, of and riding the edge because his yeah, his third one against Nathan was also really good. He flies. You can't really go wrong watching Paul Heaver play. <laughs> he flies the CLT Y wing onto a rock, and everyone's like, "What?" And the next turn, he's in the perfect position. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, go watch Paul. Watch Paul really play X wing, guys. <laughs> he's very very good at what he does. All right. He's the Michael Jordan of X-Wing. Can't argue with that at all. So we've covered the Eta 2 Actus. We've covered the basics of jousting and aces. Anything else we've got uh, some ideas on this week? Any uh, last thoughts we want to throw out here before we start wrapping it up? Nope. Uh, yeah, no, I Wash your hands. Anything. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Black Lives all Matter. right, all our usual stuff. The uh... my father bought <laughs> there yet. I'm just saying, Black Lives Matter and wear a mask wasn't in the ending credits, so I had to say it now. Not a problem at all. This is absolutely something we believe in. Go, go vote. vote for the go love of vote. God. Oh, go for the love of God, go vote. Vote uh, early if you can. Yeah, if you, if you live in an area where you have access to early voting, make use of it. It's it's a privilege. It's a right. It's an obligation. This is. A time like for many of us, we've not seen before in our lives. For a lot of you, this might be the first election you're registered to vote in. For some of us, it's our, I'm not going to say how many, but 8,000. The... Second, second election. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's, there's, there's a lot of important stuff going on, not just the obvious large, uh, you know, presidential type races. Local but elections are very important too. Like Indeed, yeah. Pay attention to down ballot stuff. Learn about your local politics. This is how you get involved and make a change. So if, if you're the, Type of person who looks around at different things and maybe you're dissatisfied with them, this is how you start affecting that change. So take use of it. Go out, vote. Can't stress that enough. Yeah. Utilize our, our rights and our responsibilities to go vote. Absolutely. In a bit of a side note, if you have a business or a store that is X-Wing related or X-Wing adjacent and you'd like to advertise with us on Tashi Station Radio, drop us an email at TashiStationXWing at gmail.com. We want to help grow the community and support our continued podcasting at the same time. So if you'd like to uh, join up with us there, drop us a line and we'll talk about it while we're here. If somebody wants us to represent their business, they haven't listened to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Spread that around. Yeah, maybe. maybe uh... yeah, tell, your, tell your friends who are business owners who don't listen to the podcast to have a sponsor them. That way they don't know how besmirched their business is. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> no, but seriously, we're pretty cool. So We are indeed. And we, we definitely want to kind of do a little bit of helping get other elements of the community out there. So again, if you've got some X-Wing related or X-Wing adjacent businesses you'd like to for us to shill, we're yeah, more than happy Star to... Even Star Wars Armada, it. which is a game I've played a couple of times. I Indeed, came in last place at Worlds at that, so if you need the last place Worlds 2018 World's Armada, worst player, Armada player, that yeah. feels harsher than... Uh, they made me a plaque that said World Worst Armada player. It was a piece of paper taped to a X-Wing Store Championship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we tried to get Wade Pache to give it to him, and he wouldn't do it. It was sad. Uh, Killjoy Wade. I, was, right. I got a buy and I was still in last place. <laughs> <laughs> Only in our model, folks. All right. Uh, any shout outs this week? My father, Bob Howe. My father, Bob Howe. Ah, I beat you to it. Nah, I said it earlier, though. Nah, he's my Indeed. dad now. Not yours. <laughs> Not yours. You're stuck uh, with my dad now, loser. <laughs> uh, it's a doggy dog world. <laughs> the doggy dog world? And my dad, doggy whenever dog. I hang up on the phone with him, he says it's a doggy dog world and you're wearing milk bone underwear. Every time, if it's out, fail. My dad <laughs> yep. is 
he has his jokes. Let's say that. But uh, now he's Doug's dad, and Bob is my dad. So <laughs> I'm not sure who got shortchanged there. Speaking my of dad. my dad, is a pool table. Uh, good point. Speaking of our father, Bob Howe, he, as well as friend of the podcast, Mark Myers, are also in the Renegades tournament with Doug and I. So it's actually looking very likely I might get paired up against Mark next round. So I'm kind of scared of that. He's flying his Poe list, and I don't want to yeah. see that at all with my poor little Initiative 4 fragile ships. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, shout out to the uh, RNG gods of Tabletop.to. Please do not pair me against Mark Myers. Uh, also, good luck to those of you who are going to be competing in the Ryloth Galactic Qualifier this weekend. That is on Warsaw time. Uh, I had thought about it, then realized I actually like having a normal sleeping schedule, so... Yeah. I'm not even sure I'm going to play Mustafar at this point. We'll get to that next cast. We will definitely will. Uh, Mustafar is going to be an interesting one there. So, again, good luck to all of you who are competing. Thanks for listening to us. For Tashi Station Radio, I'm Matt Newt. I'm, I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Middle. I almost said I'm Doug Howe there. That's weird. <laughs> but I'm Alex Middle, not Doug Howe. He stole everything from me. <laughs> Indeed. And our last bit of advice, don't go jousting Nanix Storms. Please stick to the chemos and the six that you're used to. <laughs> it's uh, a TLC uh, reference, y'all. All right, I have to pee so bad, so I'm hanging up now. <laughs> Goodbye. Hi, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tashi Station Radio. If you'd like to support us and help offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash TashiStationRadio and toss us a few credits to help keep the Huck cartels off our backs. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at TashiStationRadio and X-Wing Podcast, on Twitter at TashiStationXW, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash TashiStationXWing. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to like and hit subscribe. Yubby yub.